What's up, everybody? It's real with Jordan Dimmy. Dimmy is out today, so I'm flying solo with Camilio. What's going on, man? What's up? How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. Um, your hair doesn't disappoint. You've you've got some. You've got some great great head of hair going on I, there. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm actually. Uh, I don't know. Might be time for a haircut. Actually, but it's a little shaggy. It's kind of getting in your eyes a little bit. It, does you does your mom like bug you about getting your hair cut? She's like, your hair's too long. Absolutely. If it was up to my mother, I would have a crew cut at all times, and it would be nice and you know. What is it about though. mothers that love? their sons to have sharp it's all about looking sharp oh you look sharp you know that's what right. they always say you gotta look sharp right. from the way yeah. you dress your hair like she's always she wants me going into a business meeting at all times but uh, well she's she's like your original stylist you know she really is she she still is my stylist on occasion i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> uh, you know certain fits can't get past mom but uh yeah 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 well let's get to the music here you just released this ep uh i guess about two weeks ago, something like that, almost two weeks ago. So how's it feel for it to be out into the world? It's so crazy because those songs are from like, I think we wrapped in like May. So like they're old to me, but I guess they're new to everybody else. So like it's kind of given them like a second life to me, if that makes sense. Like seeing people interact with them. Like, right. You know, it right. reminds me of kind of the feeling of making them, I guess. It's a weird thing really because awesome. your first EP, your first album no matter what the genre is always like songs that you've been working on for a while. They've been the songs that you've like come to the table with. So yeah. is there a feeling now like, Oh man, now we have to like make new songs now. Well, what's funny too, is like I said, we wrapped in May and um, my entire past year, really, I've been in just so many sessions, which I've been super fortunate from zoom to going out to LA for a while. Um, so uh, I have quite a, quite a few extra songs in the tank, a lot of which we're still working on and aren't quite ready yet, but, um, we, we have plenty of songs. Let's, let's put it that way. All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. So first of all, if you're watching this or listening to this, if you're watching live then stick with this, but if you're watching on, uh, you know, watching on YouTube or Facebook later on after we've done the show or you're listening to the, the audio version, stop right now, hit pause. And if you're not familiar with Camilo's uh, voice, look it up because you have got one hell of a voice. Uh, where did it, let me ask, how long have you been singing? Let's put it, let's start there. So that's the craziest part about all of this is that I guess I've been, I've been seeing it for a couple of years now, but none of it was like the me that you know today, if that makes sense. Like I was always more like, I love just like soft pop, like from like the Jeremy Zuckers, the loves, like um, that kind of, that kind of singing. And then, you know, I, I decided that I want to do the artist thing. And the first thing was to start making TikToks and it, it starts with covers, but I, I discovered my voice through kind of just putting it out there on the internet and, seeing what people liked and it turns out when i sing really emotional stuff people tend to respond to that best so yeah far. that's that's so. my next question is where did all the heartbreak come from you're you're 20 years old right <laughs> so i mean i'm sure you get this a lot like where did all that you know because like when i when i uh my my intro i i kind of scrapped i thought about it was like introducing you as someone who looks like they're 16 and sounds like they're 40 <laughs> that's accurate that, that would have been great to be honest yeah <laughs> so where um, uh did you always know you had a deep voice you have a, you have a deeper voice i kind of like when i first heard you what i thought of is like sam smith with like 
tuned down an octave is kind of what you reminded me of. Again, so, I mean, we can, we can de definitely get into the heartbreak in a second, but the 16 going on 40 thing is something I get all the time. The yeah. number one thing, as a matter of fact, I did a session in New York City about a couple weeks ago, and I, I opened the door, and the first thing that comes out of one of the writer's mouths was, wow, I didn't know that we were working with a 15-year-old today. And I was like, And then you're like, hello. You. <laughs> Great to meet you. I'm, I'm 20. Uh, I've been in college for a couple years. Yeah. Um, but... I guess uh, I really don't know. Like, and the funny part is, like, I never thought of myself as having a deep voice, but they, I guess there's just something about the way it records and the way I sing that it, it definitely comes out. And that's that. The other funny thing I'll say is that in my TikTok comments, right, whenever I'll tease something, occasionally I'll kind of like intro the song. Like, I'll be like, "This song is about this. Let me know what you think." And then the top comment will always be like, "Wow, speaking voice to singing voice difference is uh, it's yeah. it's there." Yeah. 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 Then, then lyrically, since you are only 20 years old and you haven't been through a divorce and, uh, you know, cause most people your age are singing about teenage heartbreak. Oh, she broke up with me on prom night, that kind of stuff. Like, right. like 2007 Taylor Swift songs. Uh, but you didn't go the 2007 Taylor Swift song route. You went full adult emotion. So where do the lyrics come from? I would say that like it's I, I've just always been like just very introspective like I've always I've always taken my time to process feelings and really like kind of get the real real part out of it um and what I can say is that you know like I've, I'm only 20 but like I feel like even those those like high school and then college relationships they can those are your learning moments those are the those are the moments where you like you really you feel those emotions for the first time and i'm fortunate to have really great co-writers that help me get those lyrics out but how do you feel about that let's talk about the co-writing thing that's the thing now is there's song singles out now that have seven eight people on you know right. uh so how do you feel about so do you do you kind of sketch out songs you know here's a chorus here's a vibe i want to and then you like you know, can you help me kind of fill this out? Is that kind of the way you use co-writers? Every session is really different, but I would say a couple on the EP definitely came about that way, whether it was me, but it's like called starters almost, like just starter ideas, whether it was yeah. me or somebody else. And I think a big part of why that's really become such a normal thing is because like the Zoom life. Um, let's just say when you're in person with somebody, you can, you know, let's get a coffee, let's talk about life, let's yeah. hang out, whatever, and things can happen really organically. But on Zoom, it's a lot it's a lot more difficult to connect with somebody and a lot of the times it is like your 3 a.m voice note of like you're like i'm like humming into my phone like a little melody or something and then it's like well this might be cool if we want like you know some inspiration to jump you gotta of. keep a, a like a, a pad and a, and a recorder next to your bed or i guess your phone yeah, uh yeah. In case you get those 3 a.m goose you get i i don't know about you but i get those great ideas when i'm like half asleep half awake and it's never it's never when i want them to happen like i could be like i'm writing a song and then absolutely nothing comes out and then i'll be like cleaning the room and i'll start humming and i'll be like wait that's not that's not anybody's like I, that's just happening in the moment and right. then you know that that's love and hate no. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah yeah uh so beyond you know the writing and stuff there's the business aspect of it now you started off you know every damn interview you come across of Camilio on the internet is about his TikTok origins. Uh, so I'm not going to get on to, you know, this is, I guess it's like, this is the next level interview. This is after you've said like, oh, I started on TikTok. You started on TikTok. Uh, we talked about your, your mom, uh, 
you know, getting on you about your hair and your style and stuff. What did your parents, what did your mom think about this whole going into the music business thing? So I would say the very beginning is definitely just like the, like the honeymoon phase, like, Oh, this is great. Like, like everything is incredible. They're everyone's so happy for me. And they, they've always kind of maintained that. But I would say that like the crazier part, definitely, like I said, I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a moment where it was like, I might need to take a leave of absence to actually pursue this properly. And I think that's like when, you know, the cards come out on the table and everything's right. real you really find out who believes in the dream. And I've been so fortunate that, you know, my parents, um, they've been as supportive as you could possibly ask for. And they've been behind me the entire time. So do you have any jealous siblings? Oh, all of them. Oh, I'm just I'm <laughs> entirely kidding. My, my siblings are fantastic. I have multiple older sisters. I'm the, actually the youngest, right? Um, and every single one of them, like they actually listen to my music and they, you know, what's funny. They're is like, they, Here's, this is my brother. They like have it on their phone playing. They're like, yeah. the, you know, right. What's hilarious is that they actually know like who some of the stories are about. And like, again, like every song is a collection of the writer's experiences, but there's always like nuggets that remind you of certain events. Yeah. And they will absolutely call me and be like, Hey, so, uh, foolish <laughs> that first verse. I remember that, um, which is incredible, but they've also been incredibly supportive. Like um, it's, it's really been, I feel like this, this is one of those moments where like you, you never know who's going to really respond in what way to such drastic life change. And I've been incredibly fortunate. The people around me in, in terms of my family have been really just there for me. So I read somewhere in, in one of your interviews that, you do some of the, you know, the demo production yourself, you, you, you put it together in your room or whatever, and then you take it to the fancier studio setting. Now that you're, you, you've got some traction, you've got a, a few big songs, you got this EP out, you've got a record label going, uh, you're going to run across bigger, higher end producers. So now you can kind of be picky about the production style. And one thing I noticed about your, your music is that your music, your production on your music isn't super trendy. This sounds like it could have been, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of Adele in that way is that Adele doesn't like go with trends. Like all of her production going back to like 2008 is kind of classic um, singer songwriter, epic sort of, you know, that, that kind of style production. So what do you look for when it comes to a producer? So I, I definitely think when it comes to the songs, I I've been, I was fortunate to co-produce about half the EP. And honestly, as things go along, it's definitely the way it is. I've very much learned that you're right. There's incredible people out there. And I've learned so much over the past six months. And I've been so fortunate to work with just other incredible writers and producers. And, you know, maybe one day I'll grow to possibly do the Charlie Puth thing where I can just take it myself. But for right now, I'm having the time of my life making some awesome music with some awesome people. Um, as far as what we look for, in the, what I personally look for is, to me, it's not so much about it being like a trendy or like, oh, everyone's using like this sound, but like, does it do right by the song? Like, I feel like every song has like kind of like an energy to it where like it starts here and then it builds and it has this moment and then you start over again and, and there's a flow to it. And the songs that I find are the most timeless, are the ones that really care about supporting the song and less about, you know, like introducing this, you know, certain sound that might inspire people for the next three months before everything turns over. It's funny you say that and you have, you talk about being an old soul that it's also just, it's your preferences and not just your voice. There's more to the old soul thing than just the way you sound. 
And since you came from the world of TikTok, TikTok is definitely built on trends. Okay, this song is trending. I need to do a rap to it. Okay, this dance is trending. And you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's funny when you, when you look at your TikTok, you do TikToks to your own music. I The one you just posted most recently, you're in the car and you're like this, fall in love to this song or whatever. So right. at this point, since you don't need TikTok as much and it's almost like you're feeding your fans, how do you approach it? I think that TikTok is, like you said, it is definitely trend trend based and like there's almost like a language to it. I feel like the entire app has like these like inside jokes with each other. And there's like a, a way of communication in the style of the video you make. Um, yeah. And I just I try to continue to tap in that to that because like I'll always be singing on the platform and any platform that I'm ever on. But like there's just there's there's things that are just kind of funny to be honest. And there's just like this like little like nudge nudge, like I'm gonna do it too. Like, do you like the song kind of right. situation? Right, right, right. How are you going on uh collaborations? Because I guess that's the next step is you you mentioned you mentioned Charlie Puth, you know, like at some point you're some rapper's gonna knock on your door and say, I'm sure that's already happening. So so what what do you got going on in, in terms of collaborations? I'm going to give you the classic nothing that I can talk about. Answer. Oh, I love it. I was, I, <laughs> I was fishing for that. I was fishing Yeah. What I will say is like, again, like when, when you write a lot of songs, a lot of songs get sent around to a lot of people. And um, there's, there's, definitely, there's definitely a good amount of stuff we have in the cooks just from people that I've looked up to since, you know, I was, I was 15. And um, we're, we're incredibly excited as a team for just like what's, what's to come. But can't, can't give you any specifics just yet. So. Well. You know, I, I had asked my favorite is when when a manager's in the room and the artist looks over the manager and manager goes like this. Can we talk about that? No, no, no. But like dead ass, that's kind of a flex to like, no, I can't talk about it. So, you know, yeah. It makes it, I mean, cool. it, it feels cool to say. I'll, I'll say that. Much, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, nah, I, I would I would hate to spoil a surprise for, for anybody listening that's going to follow along. So. Where I you see you got that nine one seven number in your on your uh, Instagram bio. What are you from? The you're from the New York City area. So I am just outside of New York City. Like I commute down for sessions and to hang out with friends and stuff. For the past two years or so, I was um I was a student at Fordham University in the Bronx. So you know Manhattan, the city is is definitely something I'm, I'm quite familiar with, but. New York born and raised, you know, a Yankee fan until I die and Yankee hope, to, fan. Okay. hope to find my way back here eventually. But, uh, yeah. we won't talk about the Yankees right now. <laughs> hey man, next year is our year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I see, see, this is my deal. I'm, I'm a Royals fan. And so I get to say that the Royals and the Yankees have the same number of championships in the last 20 years, you know? So that's something that I, that I can hang on to sort of. It's unfortunately true, but I will say that I, you know, random aside, but that was one of my favorite series to watch. So, not uh, not too mad that you guys got one in the past uh, two decades. Well, you know what's funny is, I if I have a Royals hoodie I wear around, I live in Brooklyn, and I will see some like Mets fan will be like five six years later they'll be like, oh you guys, oh <laughs> you know, I'm like when you give up a inside the park home run in the first batter of the World Series, it's over. It's over. Yeah, just crushes the spirits. Yeah, it's because uh, you know, it's because Mets fans don't have a lot to talk about, so they, <laughs> they hold on to. Certain I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so you grew up in New York City, and you have this 
sort of old soul classic taste in music vocally when you were growing up the classic story is the you know my my parents listened to this artist or there was always this music in the house so where did your initial musical influences come from what's so funny is that like i am in one of the and they'll, they'll hate that i say this but one of the least musical families ever like neither none i of love it family. i love it everyone's like yeah. we used to sit around the table <laughs> with my dad's guitar and all this kind of stuff so i, I love it absolutely like, not I don't think my anyone in my family actually plays an instrument. I can't think of a single like even like terrible guitar player in the family as a matter of fact besides myself. What about singing? But, oh, absolutely not. Like it's nothing you want to hear. I'll tell you that much. Like my mom will sing along to her, you know, her traditional Spanish music, but uh it's definitely nothing nothing for TikTok these days. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um my my personal story out of that actually comes I was like I want to say eight years old and I went through that very classic phase where you know eight-year-olds are all of a sudden believing that guitar players are really cool like I should I oh, should yeah. learn to play guitar because I yeah. will also be cool yeah um so my parents got me like a classic like first act guitar and it sits in the corner of the room for a couple of years and no one ever touches it and I, I turn like 11 or so and once again it's like all right guitar players are really cool but now like YouTube's a thing and like there's like you know lessons online yeah. And yeah, man, I, I guess that's really how it starts. Years go by and I gradually get less terrible. You have older siblings. Was there like Guitar Hero on like a PS3 sitting around somewhere or something like that? You just totally unlocked a memory I forgot I had, but not in my house. Because again, everyone like apparently hates music here. But um, I remember like when my closest friends in grade school uh, had a copy of one of the Guitar Heroes. And I remember like just like being like, hey, mom, can you like text like, joe's mom and like see if we can hang out because i just wanted to play guitar hero because you know <laughs> so I, you're using I, I this kid was... for his guitar he, he thought he thought he had a good friend but really uh, it was just all about guitar hero it was hey man he he did it to himself because that game uh I, I would literally be over there for hours and he'd be like yo do you want to like, go play basketball and i'd be like no we're, we're playing guitar hero for another two hours before i leave <laughs> well you know yeah. i there were kids in my neighborhood who had a trampoline. You know, the kids who had a trampoline, you're like, oh, yeah. I need to go over there. They got a trampoline. Hell yeah. Um, I was that kid until like I turned like 10, which was a tough time to lose it too. Cause that's like what I built my, built my friend group on and then trampoline got sent away and it was tough for the next 10 years. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Bones earlier, uh, like before the show, you know, I like to get the, get the, the artist music going in my head before I do the show. And, and my thought was, um, that sounds like it should be a hit. It sounds like a hit single. And we're living in an era where hit singles aren't necessarily uh, counted by chart success. You know, you can have a song that has 50 million streams, but it doesn't become a top 10 hit. So what do you consider success with this group of songs? What will you be satisfied with? With this group of songs, like I can give you whatever, you know, like streaming numbers I have in the back of my brain or, you know, all those kind of analytics that only totally serve me. But the, I will say that the actual goal with these songs is really an introduction to me. I, I, I from day one, like the initial, like, you know, like you kind of like sign the deal and it's like, all right, what do we do now? Like, what's initial project? It's been about like introducing myself to the fans, like showing them like something that's real, something that's me that they can kind of hold on to. And 
understand the different sides of the artists that I'm going to be. And I think that Bones is a, is a really important part of that. And what's funny is that out of all the EP songs, especially the ones that weren't singled out, that's been the one where people are like, that song, that, that, that's a, that's a song. So I'm <laughs> that's a, that's a song. That's I, a song. I'm excited for that little reaction. Yeah. Have you done, uh, I looked you up your YouTube channel. You, there's not a whole bunch of music, formal music videos. Are you going to do right. more of that? Absolutely. Yeah. So again, a lot of this came together quickly. I have, um, what we ended up deciding to is really important is, uh, I wanted to make sure that people knew that not only could I sing on, you know, vertical format on their iPhone for 15 seconds, but that I could really, really do this. I think that's an important part. I remember, you know, when Ed Sheeran was really first popping off, the first thing I did was I Googled Ed Sheeran live and I found like that uh, it was a, it's him on a boat going down um, someplace in London, just kind of singing his songs. And that was important for me to be like, Dude, this guy is incredible. Like I would, I would sit and watch him with a guitar like any day. Um, so with that being said, we, we have some like really just incredibly done um, live video shoots um, by a, an incredible director, Edgar Medina, um, that we did when I was out in LA, which, you know, that, that's the start of it, but there will be more actual videos coming soon. Yeah. Cool. 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 How do you feel about the whole bi-coastal thing going LA to New York? It's kind of part of the deal right now. Yeah. I'm so in my, in my heart, I know that LA is probably the place I need to be. Like even just my experience out there, like the friends I made and it's, it's a place with so many creative people just kind of crammed together in this little city that like, it's, it's easier to like both like get lucky and you make friends people doing the same thing you're doing like opportunity to relate to people that i'm flirting with the idea of making a more permanent move at the moment <laughs> it's just very difficult because new york will always be my home and if it was if i had it my way i would i would be joining you in brooklyn and just living out my days you know you know, um, I'm I'm a music uh, photographer and, and video director. That's how I got involved in this. That's how I started this podcast because I had um, access to musicians to bring them on the show. And I've right. noticed in the last since since uh, COVID, since quarantine, I haven't had a lot of collaborators and clients from outside of New York City. Everyone that I've had with is a New York City area person. And so, I mean, two years ago, it was probably 50, 50, someone might be from Wisconsin or I'm from Kansas city or, you know, like Texas or wherever. And now it's just kind of, a, it's back to where it's like a local music scene. So have you gotten invested much because you did come from a, a digital platform? You weren't one of these coffee house, old school coffee house kind of singers. Uh, have you gotten in touch with a lot of local musicians, music scene type of stuff? Only recently, to be honest, there's there's some great crews, um, especially like songwriter producers out of New York City that are absolutely just killing it right now. And they're great people that we've recently had a chance to meet. Um, but what was really, you're right, like what was interesting about my kind of come up, especially in like the writer producer side of things is that like I've written, I think, more songs with people based in Europe than I have in New Europe. York. Yeah, you gotta like, get that. You gotta get that Max Martin Scandinavian pop structure. <laughs> you know, I I would love to do some musical math, but I'm still uh, I'm still working on multiplication and division. So, <laughs> we'll we'll see how quickly I get there. But yeah, like there's and especially I think like my voice kind of lends itself to that like style of writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, it's, it's it, you know what I actually when I, I heard you sing and I saw you before I knew where you were from, I heard you talk and I assumed you were British because in the last 15, 10, 15 years, 
there's been this huge influx. You kind of straddle that line between pop and soul. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, those singers in the last 15 years, you know, Adele, Ed Sheeran, Louis Capaldi. Um, they're, they're just, uh, uh, they're just British. You know, there's just a lot of British Sam Smith I mentioned earlier in the show. And so I just thought you were, you were English. So I guess maybe some of that is like subconsciously rubbed off in you after being an Ed Sheeran fan and stuff like that. I'll say that I'm like, I'm a fan of everyone you just mentioned. And and the big part of it to me is that like, I, I think that the, the uniting thread in all of those people, aside from, you know, being British is that they're incredible and honest songwriters that just know how to use their voice to carry emotion. And I think that it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I can't really give an explanation as to why they all kind of came from Britain, but I'll tell you that I'm most certainly from New York and I'm hoping to write you know, <laughs> You're most songs, certainly, that are, most certainly songs, songs that are just as, you know, open and honest as, you know, Dermot Kennedy and Adele. But I, uh, yeah, I guess it's stylistically, but I think great songs are great songs. And I think like you look at it, like even recently, like you look at like like Benson Boone just had a crazy moment, and like like that song is very much um, big pop ballad in, in a similar light. Like I think that just that style has rubbed off on so many people, especially like in the states. That it's it's natural that you, you got you know kids like me growing up north of Westchester, but hearing so much Ed Sheeran music that when we learn to write songs, it starts to come out a little you know a little mixed. I'm picturing you on a farm that you grew up with, like next to a stream and a water wheel and stuff. But uh, I'm assuming uh, more of a suburban situation. What's so funny about that is I actually uh, I live across from a horse farm. I'm in a very suburban area, but I am like in the one patch of the road that happens to look as you're describing. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll go, I'll go run around in the grass, grass for you to, uh, you know, feed, feed that yeah, I, I feel, yeah, you definitely get a, a claustrophobia being in Brooklyn. You know, like I, there's a wall right here. There's a wall right here. You know, I've got high ceilings. It's, it's a loft, but you know, it's a small loft. Yeah. yeah. I love it though. I'm going to be honest, like the claustrophobic vibe, like I'm, I'm a person that needs to be in the heat, like a thick of things at all times. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would kill for the opportunity to just live in a tiny little New York apartment and live that life. But, uh, unfortunately I'll be, I hope more people do that. You know, uh, I am truly bi-coastal. I'm kind of in between Brooklyn and and LA because of what I do, you know, you know, you know, the life. Uh, but I think when something gets torn down like this, when a lot of people, a lot of the carpetbaggers, the dreamers kind of moved out of the city, I think that it, there's there's something to the to the idea that it can just be built back up, you know, just like it was in the '70s. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's a reason that this this stuff kind of comes and goes, and it's I, I do think it's a decision of the creative people to like pick where they actually want to be. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe in a couple of years after after a couple of hits and a little more draw to bring people to the city, I'll yeah. be one of those people. Have you done any television? appearances not yet but i was a childhood background actor and i was in a batman movie if that counts does okay that, what that... what movies were yeah. you in the background of? <laughs> um let's see I'll, I'll list them off um let's see the dark knight rises men in black three uh the first avengers movie 
um, some like law and order stuff. I was, you know, I was killing the background game when I was, wow. when I was eight or nine years old. Was yeah. this the result of a stage mom or are you just wanting to be on camera? Absolutely I feel like we're not. picking on your mom a lot today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To mom, if you met my mom, you would want to interview her in, instead of me. Let's put it that way. Like, um, she came to my first show and like literally was the star of the show, despite me being the one on stage. Um, but she was not at all a stage mom, actually. Um, she was the mom I dragged to to set times when I was nine years old so she can go with me. You wanted um, to be an actor when you were a kid. I guess that was part of the dream at the time. I, I really like it's a little it's a little you know cloudy up there for me but i do remember just like we were it was the classic like walking through the mall getting approached like hey do a photo shoot and then like we'll, we'll see what you can get and then like you know started getting into it and then turned nine i got very serious about baseball and that was the end of my acting career oh. but um what position yeah. do you play so i played shortstop until you know i got into high school and the kid that was like two years younger than me it was like six three and like threw 90 across the diamond then i moved over and he beat you, six, the guy beat, beat you out at shortstop what is he doing I playing just, shortstop at six three uh, i don't know couldn't tell you but uh what about in was, center I, field yeah yeah exactly throw him in the outfield but uh, throw him in the outfield. i i i loved the game so so much it was a dream to go to college i was you know on all the other uh, scout teams and whatever and Literally, I walked away from it all to make beats in my bedroom before any of this was real. So I guess, you know, I, I suppose I made a good decision. But baseball or, was baseball Or was you'll wake up one day when you're 25 and be like, oh, shit, I could have been playing baseball this whole time. Yeah, I'm, I just might have made the Royals roster, it seems. You just, oh, ouch. ouch. <laughs> oh, ouch. Okay. Okay. That was fair. That was fair. That was kidding. Fair. But, um. No, that was actually a pretty crazy part of my life because I was, you know, I was going to the last couple of my last few years of high school. And like, I feel like I definitely, you know, I, it was my time. I had paid my dues. It was like varsity spot time to really show out. And right before the season started, I had just really started getting into production, mostly like making beats. And I was like, hey, I'm not playing this year. I know I'm one of your, you know, your older upperclassmen. That'll be the centerpiece, but I'm just not yeah. going to be able to stick around. And it's been yeah. a good decision. Yeah. You, you mentioned, I mean, you're, uh, you mentioned your mom's singing old school Spanish songs, you being Latino. Do you, do you have any, uh, desire to make, you know, Latin sounding music at all? Um, I think not going forward, but the, the best probably story I have for you today is that the way I found my management is I was a senior in high school. I was making just like just random beats and just writing songs and putting them on DistroKid and Spotify and whatever. Um, and four of those songs of the random songs that I made just cause I was killing time senior year were in Spanish and they were reggaeton songs. Oh. Um, they, they have since been hopefully erased from the internet as far and wide as you can find them. So I'm assuming one of those collaborations <laughs> isn't with daddy Yankee. It was Jay Balvin at the time, but, uh, he, you know, he insisted that he couldn't have another billion stream song up on the platform. So we had to oh, take okay. it down. <laughs> um, but, uh, what's, I used to actually like run the lyrics by my mom. I would be like, this is, is all the grammar, right? Cause you know, I, I grew up speaking in the house. I didn't like go to actual school. Right. Um, and yeah, that was, it was a great part of my life, but my, my management, um, one of my like managers, like A&Rs, I guess had, he was going on SoundCloud and it was 2018 when everyone else was trying to get a Latin game and 
they came across some of my Latin demos and they're like, hey, do you want to want to be an artist? Do you want to be a Latin artist? I was like, absolutely not. You could have been the next. Uh, you could have been the next uh, Mark Anthony. You know. Yeah, I heard that his his uh, first language is is English too, which is actually yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Possibly, maybe that's the uh, that's the mid career pivot that I'm I'm waiting on. Or just yeah. throw just throw a, a <laughs> Spanish language song at the end of one of your albums, you know, just to see how just that could be cool. Yeah. A little, little ballad in Spanish. That's, yeah, that's actually yeah. not the craziest idea ever. It would definitely not hurt your chances with the ladies, which I don't think you have a problem with <laughs> now, considering your uh, the, the songs that you write. Um, but I mean, that's, that's one thing you signed up for. Yeah. You signed up for a lifetime of, uh, of 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 melting hearts. You know, that's part of the, it's part of the deal. Well, I mean, if you listen to my songs, my friend, it seems like so far the only hearts getting broken are mine. Um, oh, but, oh uh, that's, that's a lyric you know, right there. The only heart's getting broken or mine. That's that's a. I just gave you, you know a lyric what? right there. I, I'll toss it in my notes and uh, we'll we'll debate over the pub. But um, yeah, I'll hear it like seven years from now. You'll pick it out and you'll be like, wait, that one guy on that podcast. Oh, you know, and then I'll be like in a bar and I'll be you know, like, really, you know, I'll hear it. Absolutely, throw you a couple points for the for the suggestion, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I will say it's definitely incredible just how, how quickly life changes. And, but at the same time, how all of the things that applied in the past still do, like, like the emotions in those songs were written about a version of me that was just like a high school kid, like a kid in college, right. like not right. dealing with so much else. And like, I can still listen to them and resonate. And those emotions are still relevant in my life today. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's been pretty crazy to see. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah. Doesn't change. Heartbreak does not get better with, uh, couple TikToks. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. Well, we'll let you go. I'll let you go. I'm, I'm solo today, but thank you so much for joining me and good luck. Um, congrats, congrats on the EP and good luck on all these secretive collaborations and songs that you can't talk about yet. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me today. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, yeah, hope to see you soon. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Sounds great. All right. Yeah. Bye. All right. That was Camilio. His new EP is out now. I really apologize for those who are still watching and listening that Demi is not here because I know that uh, you guys are fans of hers. But we'll have some new stuff for you soon. But until then, go to our Spotify to listen to past episodes, iHeartRadio, and of course, Apple Music, YouTube, and Facebook for clips. So until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.